I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Soups and podcast. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Hey, G. How are you? What up, dude? How you doing? Just fighting with my dad. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but not in like a, a daddy issues way. Not in like a I need therapy kind of way. That's good, at least. I we miss talked my parents, about this. Dude. Do you? A little bit, yeah. I haven't seen them in a while. And I, you know, at this point I could go visit, but then I'm like, I start second guessing. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a visit soon. Okay. Good. Does we talked a lot last episode about when a, a a girlfriend or a boyfriend doesn't get along with or doesn't like their right. significant other's parents. Right. Does your girlfriend like your parents? I think so, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if we are far enough along for her to admit if she did not. However, wow. ob- I know, objectively speaking, and to be honest, the other way around. Like, if I didn't like her parents, I wouldn't tell her. I do like her parents very much, um, but I'd try to kind of, like, work around it, buy some time to figure it out. However, objectively speaking, my parents are pretty cool. So I think that she probably has no issues with them. I guess at at a certain point in, in a relationship, you can't really hide it anymore, right? Right. Eventually, it can become, especially when you have kids and stuff, like, I remember my parents kind of like making whatever comments they were going to make about their father and mother-in-law, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whatever those were, but it made it clear the stance that they had taken. Right. It's like their family now. uh, Do you ever try to get your parents' feelings on your girlfriend? Kind of. Sometimes if I notice, even if they're making some kind of like innocent misconception, I try to guide them on the proper path. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you want to, inf- you're, you're launching a propaganda campaign in her favor with your parents. Of, of course. And she deserves it. You know, she's very, she's very nice. And I think that she is deserving of their best opinion, which I think that she has, has gotten. Have you ever introduced a girlfriend to your parents where your parents didn't really have that high of a, they didn't like the per, her that much, but then you tried to influence them the other way, even yes. though you knew yes. it might not be, you were kind of just fooling yourself? So here's the thing. I didn't, they never have told me that they don't like a girlfriend while I'm dating them. But right. afterward, they have confessed that there were specific ones that they didn't like. That much. Yeah, see. And see, for petty I, reasons. I, um, okay, Sorry, like, like what? Like what kind of reasons? Like one time one of them said something rude about something, about an item that my mother had and used regularly. And they were acting like whoever had that item would be like a piece of garbage. Like <laughs> they were like, wow, the holes in that colander are so big. I don't know how you eat angel hair pasta and strain it with that thing. Only a, only a loser. Would you buy that at Sky Mall? <laughs> is, that, is that how that conversation unfolded? I think it was more specific about like maybe a, a bag or an accessory. I forget specifically, but 
I remember my mom later saying that it like hurt her feelings, which like made me feel really bad. That is tough. Yeah. What about you with all this stuff? You threw a lot of questions at me. Well, it's such an interesting that the parent girlfriend boyfriend relationship is so tricky and you hope you get it right. And there's, I think that there is only so much, you can only bring your parents so far in terms of, um, getting them on the side, right? So like if, if they're set in disliking somebody, you can only get it so far as being civil, right? right. If you're totally set on, on being with this person. Right. You can't get your parents to, I, I don't think you can get your parents if they hate the person you're dating to love the person that you're dating. It's and, and especially not in a short amount of time. That's the thing that it'll take years. Right. But I also think that to your point, which was that, you know, your parents have never told you that they disliked the person that you were dating while you were dating that person. Only after did they say, yeah, we didn't, we didn't love that person. Right. I think if you're a parent, you have to be some kind of an asshole to tell your son or daughter, hey, we really disapprove of this relationship. I so agree with that. And, and it, it's one thing like, okay, yeah, if, if your son or your daughter tells you, mom, dad, I intend to marry this person and spend the rest of my life with them. And if you're the parent and you've seen some really bad signs and you think you need to speak now or forever hold your peace. I get that. I get That's that. You should, yeah. yeah. But if, if you're being, you know, if you've brought your boyfriend or girlfriend home to meet your parents for the first time or the second time and your parents pull you aside and they're like, we don't like this person. Those parents are assholes. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> and I honestly, I think, that extends even into the like religious thing. Like, I think you're an asshole if you don't approve of your, the person that your kid loves, if they're a lovely person, but they just come from like a different background. I think that is like archaic and disgusting personally. I agree. And, and it, we, could, it, we could include race in that. Um, Absolutely. If parents disapprove. But I see this stuff happening in TV shows and movies. I haven't seen it happen too often in real life. With what? Like, I, I've seen it with religious stuff, with, with religion. I don't really know many people whose parents disapproved of a relationship where they continued to date or, or you know what I mean? I, I just haven't seen that. I haven't seen a parent tell, uh, <laughs> like, come, you know, nightmare Meryl Streep mother where she's telling the do- you know, the, the person, the, the son or the daughter, like, we hate your, we hate your boyfriend, we hate your girlfriend. Right. What movie is this referring to? I don't know. I feel like Meryl Streep always oh, plays movie. the honest mother who tell and maybe and maybe tells not. it like it is. No, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Um, but dude, I know I know two or three different people who haven't even told their parents that they are dating the person that they are dating because they would not approve because she's not of the same ethnic background, religious background, whatever. Well, and somebody that you know, bro. No way. Yeah. Really? We'll talk about it off air, but yeah, somebody that Ooh. you know. 
leave, uh, leaving guess, a little tasty nugget for our, our listeners to wonder about. I know, I know. Well, they don't know who this guy is. Okay. Um, but so let me ask you this. Which religions do you think are the most likely to have such strong walls and, and uh, be most likely to disapprove of someone dating outside the religion? Is this a really <laughs> I mean, controversial question that I'm asking you? Maybe, but I have a non-controversial answer. I think all of them potentially, just depending okay. on how, how deep or whatever kind of version of it you believe in, I think there are versions of all the major religions that are intolerant mm -hmm. to uh, you know, outsiders. I think that's true. For my, for my experience, um, I think Judaism, there's such a strong cultural element of that. And uh, I have a lot of Jewish friends. I grew up around a lot of Jewish people. And um, my, I had, their parents would always kind of jokingly say, like, we can't wait for you to settle down with a nice Jewish girl or something like that. Right. But I, I don't think that if my friends had ended up with a non-Jewish person, the parents would have been right. furious totally. or like dis disinherited them or anything like that. So um, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, that was kind of the end of that thought. Okay. Okay. So I have, I feel like I know some, I have Jewish friends who fall into this category of parents who would like to see their kid be with a Jewish person. But mm -hmm. I have a million Jewish friends whose parents are not like that. Right. The thing that I find interesting is that it's if you just looked at those two people standing next to each other on the street, you might not know which one. Totally. And that totally. I think is the is the interesting element of that because yeah. I, I don't know any like majorly religious people from other religions besides Judaism. I know some super religious Jewish people who are like completely normal like normal otherwise mm -hmm. and not that they're mm -hmm. abnormal because of that but you know what i mean right like right. we hang out and go for drinks and and like i interact with them all the time and they happen to come from a really religious family mm. i can't Got think it. of another situation like that besides maybe like rami but i don't think rami i don't even know if rami's parents are super religious i know he's like pretty religious i don't whatever i don't really know <clears throat> but like yeah to your point it's isn't it sad too that both of us are nervous talking about this because it's a nerve it's a it's a it's a difficult thing to talk about because there's it, you run the risk of saying something that comes off sounding the wrong way and it's not worth it i think the level of sensitivity is so high and perhaps rightfully so um and everybody is very very protective of their religion and their religious beliefs I, I learned, I took a class in college. It was called Community in America. And it was taught by a professor named Robert Putnam. His, he was a ma massive social scientist, uh, published many books called, his seminal work was uh, a book called Bowling Alone, The Decline of Social Capital in America. And social capital, according to this guy, is the benefits and the goodness that come from people hanging out, Okay. Just oh, dude, totally interacting like totally, you know, for for so many years, America was was built on or interacted on bowling leagues, uh, church groups, softball. Elks Club, softball, totally. um, veterans BMW. associations, yep. all of these things, which now have kind of really declined. Um, well, yeah, people yeah. are more and more just hanging out with their families. 
uh, the internet has contributed to people interacting, you know, virtually and, and sort of just sticking with their own. But, but it used to be that you would, you would hang out with your golf group or your, your bridge club or whatever it was. And that was very, very good for the country. Um, you know, I think that in suburbia, there is the, the neighborhoods are becoming more isolated. Uh, people are not going over to their neighbor's houses to ask for eggs or, right. you know, asking if you could just uh, babysit our kids. Could you look after our kids while we go to this? Whatever, all these things. Um, and Putnam said, and this is becoming very academic, but I think it's very interesting. Uh, he said that one of the most valuable bonds that is formed are cross-cutting bonds. I think that's totally. what he called them, or cross cleavage totally, bonds totally which are bonds and, and and hangouts that are formed between people of different backgrounds yes. different religions different races and i honestly think that like uh having friends of different religions dating people of different religions dating people of different skin tones uh all of that is so good for fighting racism and fighting ignorance and misunderstanding of culture. Totally. And so when I say that with a little bit of annoyance that certain religions are very protective of their children wanting to keep them within the religion, I understand the cultural importance of that, totally. but I also appreciate so much young people who go beyond their expected partners or their expected friends um and i think that's very very good for this country and uh and that's sort of my thought on that bro it's good it's good for everybody and and listen it's no coincidence that mixed babies are so like mixed children are typically very good looking not mm -hmm. a coincidence in my opinion you know what i mean mm -hmm. i feel like we were intended to to mix and and honestly what you said and i'm not trying to act like i've thought of this but i've always thought anytime i've traveled anywhere the reality of the people you interact with is just so much different than whatever conclusion you have about whatever greater thing you think you know about people right you go down like people up north talking about people down south southern people are lovely people everywhere are lovely you know what i mean and i think that if you could take a person who thought something about a brace of people and let them spend an hour and a half with a nice group of whatever people they had ideas about, it would completely change their mind about what they thought before. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it could. And it could, it could also it might not. backfire. It could go the other way. Absolutely. But, but at I've, least I've, you've tried. At least you've tried and, and you have a lot to learn and it just, it, it'll spark compassion and you'll look at people as the as people, which is what they are and what we all right. are. I know this is getting a little like, you know, fluffy now or whatever, but right. have you, um, have you well, ever quick, dated? Quick, I have Just a quick ahead. story about the thing we were talking about before with the, like the, just an example of what I meant about kind of like really religious Jewish people that I know mixing in no, completely normally in mainstream society. Like I had a tennis teammate who I knew was like pretty religious, whatever, but like, you know, very normal. Like he would go out, he would drink, he would party. He was cool. He was fun. He's a good friend, still a good friend. And we, room, we would room together on the road when we would travel. And one morning I remember waking up and he was full on doing a fucking ritual, dude. He had like the black arm thing. Have you ever seen that? 
I don't know that like, I, have. I think Orthodox Jewish people, and I'm sorry, I apologize if I'm wrong about this uh, for anybody listening, but like, I think it's like an Orthodox Jewish thing. He was wrapped his arms in these things, and then he had this hat on that had like a thing in the front, and he was like doing this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I had absolutely no idea that he was that religious. Was it a special holiday, or did he do this every day? I don't know if he did it every day or if it was once a week or something, but I know that like since I then I've learned that that's like a normal thing when you are a certain level of mm-hmm. practicing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. It is cool. It to, whatever, you know? uh, yeah. I, I, when I, I did a semester abroad in the South of France, as douchey as that sounds, but it wasn't <laughs> some like, I think I've talked about this. It wasn't some party you know, thing on the Riviera. It wasn't some bullshit program. It was actually a a, a really kind of interesting and hard program that I was in. Um, and it it had it was a the Middle Eastern Studies campus of Sciences Politique, which is like the political science institute of France. And they would get kids from all over the Middle East, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, to come and study at this school. And I was, I think, one of two Americans there. And so it was a really cool mixed mix bag. And my roommate was this kid who was, we both loved playing soccer. We were playing a lot of soccer. We'd go kick ball around all the time when we were there. And um, he, was, uh, he was a Muslim. And um, we, in the, in the, I guess it was September or like right when we got there, he was, it was Ramadan. And, you know, we would go out and play soccer in the hot sun and like go swimming in the Mediterranean, which is super salty. And he was fasting. Crazy, bro. Meant that not only could he not eat, he couldn't drink water. He couldn't drink water. 30 days? 30 days. Well, yeah, but it's only only from sun up till sundown. Right, 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 right. But I mean, September, it's not exactly particularly short days of the year. So- you know, we would go out, we'd be sweating and all this stuff. And I, I just, my, I felt so bad for this guy because of how dehydrated oh he was. God. Like I get a headache if I have two cups of coffee. This dude was out <laughs> picking up dust and running sprints with me. And then, you know, you go swimming in the Mediterranean, you get that salt water in your mouth. I don't know how he did it. And yet totally normal guy, like we connected on so many things and he was he was praying five days five days five times a day and uh, and also fasting through all of this and it was just like I'll be honest with you it made me feel kind of pathetic myself like like I don't have that level of commitment for anything in my life not my job you know I, I wouldn't I, if my parents were like hey we need you to fast for an entire month to prove that you love us, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> so I, I, was, I thought that was a very interesting and cool thing. And it did not make me think, you know, it, it didn't make me think we were so different, but it made me appreciate his commitment to something. Totally, totally. And speaking of which, Ramadan just ended a few days ago. So Is that right? Mubarak to all our, our Muslim listeners. Yeah, well, I think it ended May 23rd. What am I talking about then? Is Ramadan, does it change every year? Because when I was in France in the fall and he was fasting. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's different on different, 
I'm looking right now. It was May this year is April 23rd to May 23rd, but maybe it is different. We got to look at. We'll look into that. Weird, interesting. We'll look into that. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, "If you're thinking about starting a podcast," I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium, and you would all yell, "Anchor, anchor." And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I had one other thought. Oh, have you ever dated somebody who was not of your race or like, yeah, let's, let's start there. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like my, the first girl I ever went out with was the end of high school. This is actually a funny story. I, she was a senior in college at the university of new Haven. She was African-American six foot two scholarship volleyball player. Oh yeah. And I was 17 and we were like dating, but I had never really done anything with a girl. So I think she was ready to like, you know, get in there. And I wasn't. So I like couldn't put the moves on her really. And then it kind of fizzled out, but I would lie to my parents, sorry, mom and dad, and and drive to New Haven to go on dates with this girl and uh, hang out with the volleyball team and shit. Um, Holy shit, Julio. I know. And I've dated a lot of Jewish girls. Um, yeah, all sorts of different. Wait a second, I, I, you know, you, this is just a casual, another classic Julio breeze by, little <laughs> breeze by. You were dating a girl who was five years older than you, a senior in college, who's <laughs> six foot two, volleyball star. How how did you meet? How did were you telling her the truth about who how old you were? She knew how old I was. I was. I went to visit University of New Haven with a girl who I had previously been in love with, who it never panned out with. This Russian girl, who was an exchange student. Well, she wasn't an exchange student actually. Her mom married a guy here, and she moved here when she was fifteen. Didn't speak a word of English. Whatever. Ends up getting get assimilating in the culture, whatever. And then she had a friend at University of New Haven, so she would be like, "You want to come to these parties with me?" And I was like, "Sure." So I went a couple times, and I met this girl at a, like a, a University of New Haven party. And, uh, you know, driving my wow. purple Volvo down to New Haven. And you would take her out on dates. Which we went to the movies. We actually, you, you know, it's funny. cash that you'd made from <laughs> mowing lawns. <laughs> exactly. We actually went to see the movie about the organ market, which is how I, know, how I knew about that movie that I recommended. Wait, about, that's like, not the, the one with Will Smith. No, the black market. It's called Dirty Pretty Things, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think Audrey Tattoo, the girl who played Amelie, which I imagine is a movie you know about being the Frank like that, that you movie. are. It's a yes. good movie. Yeah. Um, wow. Interesting. Right? What about you? So, have you? Yeah. Yes. I, I have dated, um, well, I guess I've hooked up with a couple of black girls, and then I dated one that was like oh you know for a month or so um 
I don't know. Is it bad that I know? I guess it's not that bad. It's no. not that, that, you know, I could see someone being like, you shouldn't know exactly how many people it is. <laughs> right, right. But dude, no, definitely. I mean, like if you break it down for me too, between dates and, and random things that didn't go anywhere and girlfriends, like I've probably dated quote unquote everything. Every race and ethnicity. Really? In some capacity. Yep. Come on. You I haven't swear. dated like monks. Fine, but that's like very specific. But like in broader terms, like I don't I've even definitely know if gonna, monks are, are women. I don't. I've gone out with Muslim girls. I've gone out with Asian girls, black girls, everybody. You that's I mean? pretty cool. I don't think that I've ever dated a Muslim girl. Not that I wouldn't. I just, I just don't know that I have. You know what I did when I was abroad? There was this. There was this Lebanese girl named Diala who was mm. so pretty. Oh my god. She was probably so Christian though if she was at the French she school. She was Christian. She yeah. was Christian. Yep. And um she she was very conservative. Like her family she you know these these especially I think women and men grow up in some of these countries and they do not grow up the way that we do. Um so she, I don't think she'd ever kissed a guy when oh, wow. when I met her and I like tried to kiss her and she told me that she couldn't do that um really really even though we knew we liked each other and then like one of her friends told me like later to try again because now she was ready and i was like i you know i'm 20 wow i'm 20 years old or 21 years old at this point and i'm like come on this isn't we're not in middle school like i don't need you the messenger to tell me right this is ridiculous it's well this is interesting that you say that because I spent time in Beirut in Lebanon and it, I had some of the wildest nights out I've ever had. The really? nightlife there is like second, maybe to none I've ever experienced. Um, so I wonder, but, like, but let me ask you this, you know, maybe there's partying and there's craziness and stuff, but are there people who are having casual sex and one night stands? Yes. A hundred thousand percent. Okay. All right. Just, well, just because I, you know, like I said, had some wild nights right. in Beirut. Right. And, oh, you, you know, dipped your wick, my friend. Yeah, you know, we had, you know, some fun was had. <laughs> oh, I like the sound <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, but, but no, like, it's interesting. And it, I've, I've always been shocked, too, just from like a cultural standpoint, when I go to a different city and like the vibe is completely different. Because like in New York, it's... I, to me, it feels like men and women are the same in mm -hmm. the sense that like everybody's down to go home and, and sleep together and it's no big deal and nobody judges anybody. And there's no like any sort of weird thing with that. But then in other cities, I've noticed it's completely not like that. And it's much right. harder to, and, and it's a, it's a more traditional vibe. I don't know. Right. I don't Dude, know if I'm making I, that up. No, that that's, that's cool. I, I have to, this, this sparked a thought though, um, which was, the, one of the, the 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 one black girl I dated who was um, for like longer, you know, a little bit right. longer, more right, substantial. Right, right. We had met on Bumble. She was uh, a big time UCB improviser, and she was good at it. Like she was on like a house team, Harold right. Night, all that right. stuff. So she wasn't just some bum, you know, lighting money on fire and in the classes. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we hang, hung out a couple times, like whatever, went on a few dates, hooked up. And then I didn't really, it kind of like fizzled out. 
and we can we reconnected on text a couple months later and she you know we were having a nice conversation then she goes uh, by the way like what happened you know to us like why did you lose interest and the real reason that i lost interest and this is going to sound so pathetic when she drank she really liked to smoke cigarettes and wow. i i'm sorry i know you you've smoked like you you've it's been okay. a smoker in your life i do not like smoking like i i no. i'm it's a huge turn off for me i don't like kissing somebody who's been smoking i just it's i don't know i find it gross right but i didn't have the heart to tell her that because it seemed like such an insignificant reason right so i instead <laughs> oh baby i told her that i was intimidated that she was funnier than me <laughs> oh my god dude That's i an insane i, I, That's I insane. felt like it was an empowering thing to say to her like i felt i felt like i wanted to give her what she wanted to hear right instead of just being like i didn't like the fact that you smoked and she responded and said something like oh men you know that was what she Dude, said that's funny and it was like this i told another friend of mine about this um another comedian friend and he was like dude why the fuck would you have said that <laughs> like he was mad at me for saying that yeah it's um, pretty you know that's one you could have maybe taken back if you but do it all over again I, I i i felt like i was kind of complimenting her i feel you and i've done things like that before too where i make something up because i think it's going to benefit everybody in the situation and it ends up just making me look like a way i don't want to yeah, in the end, it made me look like this small-minded, uh, insecure, like sexist dude. Right, and that wasn't that wasn't my intention at all. Right, um, I hope she's listening to this, dude, because this will be nice for you to get to clear your your name. Yeah, but then then maybe she'd be mad to find out that I had just ghosted her because I didn't like her ripping camel cools or whatever they are. <laughs> I don't know. I tell you, I take I take cigarette breath over alcohol breath personally. Yeah, beer breath. If you're beer making out, if you're sucking face with some chick who's been slurping down some heavy IPAs. That's not appetizing whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but, I've done that before too, dude. I've been like, you know, I've like made up reasons for like a fizzle situation, and then it just ends up making me look like a fucking loser. Like, I was like, you know, I'm just not in a place in my life right now where da da da. And the girl was like, you're a pussy, and then she blocked me on everything. Yeah, but dude, here's what you realize. Nobody wants to hear why you don't want to see them anymore. Totally. Nobody has ever been like, oh, well, that was a good reason, and I appreciate your honesty. Ultimately, you're getting a fuck you no matter what. Maybe true. down the road, they'll look back and be like, you know what? He was honest with me. Not bad. I, right, and I think that is of a thing that shouldn't be overlooked. I think that... You know, when, when the dust settles, if you handled it reasonably, I think that they will hold you in a, a person will hold you in higher regard later down the road. And I think right. that, that that is valuable. Yeah. But I agree. You're fucked no matter what. And I think a lot of the reason why guys like ghost and I'm not defending it. I don't think that, I think it's a terrible way to handle things. I don't condone it. I'm not a ghoster. I, you know, I'm not trying to say, it. but I think it's just so hard to have that conversation. And like you said, no matter what you say, that conversation sucks. Yeah. 
So yeah, for some people, does. I think it's easier for them to just not have it. Of course. Yeah, people avoid conflict and, you know, I get that. We have a couple, we have a couple um, fun, you know, DMs and things that we should uh, read just to end on a nice lighter note. Uh, as always, we really appreciate these submissions and we get a kick out of them. So please keep sending them to us. Um, we got one from a guy uh, that listened to our last episode. And this was about the, the girlfriends or boyfriends, parents. He says, I just listened to today's oops. And I thought I had a story that you'd enjoy involving a girlfriend's parents. I dated a girl for two years and about six months. Oh, sorry. I dated a girl for two years and about six months in, I realized I did not know her parents' names. At this point, I had met them so many times that I could not ask what they were. <laughs> so for the whole two years we dated, I never knew their names. We broke up last year and nearly the second we did, their names were cemented in my mind. Fucking Diane and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it though. Did he just remember he remembered too late? Yeah, I'm not really sure about that either. Or, you know, how he couldn't have found them on LinkedIn or <laughs> tagged in an Instagram, whatever. You know, there seems so many ways to figure that out. And also just ask your girlfriend, like. Yeah, but I think the point he was making was that it was too, it would have been fucked up for him to ask. She would have been mad at him. Uh, I don't know. I That sounds like a, I mean, <laughs> You know, that sounds like a, a relationship. If you're afraid to ask, hey, I'm so sorry. I've just forgotten your parents' names. What are <laughs> they? That's, and you're worried she's going to like break up with you? That doesn't seem like a very sturdy I'm su relationship. I'm surprised they last. I don't know, man. Six months in of dating somebody, you don't know her parents' name. Like, I would rather avoid that conversation and try to figure it out some other way. And maybe he just got sidetracked and kept forgetting and like, do you, do you feel uncomfortable when you, let's just say you don't know someone's names, but you should, like, how do you handle that? Do you it's find some crazy, mysterious way to discover the names? This is what I, no, this is what I would do. Okay. So say I'm with you and there's another person and I'm going to introduce you guys and I don't know their name mm -hmm. and I'll go, uh, so this is what I'll do. I'll kind of like gesture in their direction and be like, this is Francis. And then I get distracted for like five seconds. <laughs> and then as they introduce themselves to you, they say their name. So say their name is Chris. Yeah. They'll be like, I'm Chris. And as they're saying Chris, I say, this is Chris. Yeah. Okay. So you say it on top of them as if you knew. Exactly. Um, That's my trick. I would be too smart to know that you, what I, I would catch on to you. I would know that, but that's partly because I've done what I've done that method before. I think you're also very like socially aware. And I feel like, do you have social anxiety ever? I have social anxiety in the sense that I get anxiety about hanging out with people, period. The prospect oh, okay. of being with other people, not, not like, I don't worry. Oh, am I going to get it right? Am I going to be liked? None of that shit. But like, do you, does the idea of being in a situation where you don't know someone's name make you nervous? Uh, only because people react poorly to it. Right. Of course. But meaning <laughs> I think, look, 
here's here's what I do, and and this is crazy. I was once in a Ralph Lauren store, and I was sitting down in one of those fake seating areas, you know, where they've got some crazy like titanium chest with uh, and and nice armchairs to let people relax while oh, their yeah. significant other shops or something. <laughs> yeah. And you know they they had like a centerpiece that had a stack of magazines. And then on top of the magazine was a book. And I think it was something like the Ralph Lauren guidebook to being a gentleman. I like that. And I started, it was like 99 tips on how to be a gentleman. And I was flipping through this stupid fucking book. And I remember reading a tip on how to handle this exact situation when you don't know a oh, person's wow. name. And according to Ralph Lauren, or whoever wrote this book, what you're supposed to do from an etiquette standpoint is you're supposed to just say, I'm so sorry, but uh, I've forgotten your name. Could you just, re could you remind me? And just be totally honest and get out in front of it. And I'll tell you this, I've gone that route doesn't always work mm -mm. doesn't always work the fake it till you find it root seems like the better option here's the other thing dude and i think specifically why it might not work for you is because you're like a known person people know about you people know who you are people remember you when they meet you because they knew about you before so i think it's extra offensive when you don't remember them because of how much they remember you i think there maybe maybe there's an element of that but the other part of it is and this is going to make me sound like a total asshole. If, if you want me to remember you, choose a nickname that is memorable. <laughs> it's not my fault that your parents didn't think outside the box when they were naming you. Julio, people remember you because Julio is an unusual name. Bro, people can't even spell or say it or any. Maybe the... I don't, I don't know. You might be right, but... Francis is an un unusual name. Right. Okay? But if you're telling me, hey, I'm Joe, I'm Dave. I mean, how many Joes and Daves do you meet in a given night? How many Lauras and Laurens do you meet in a given night? How many Carolines? Get the fuck out of my face, Lindsay. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, 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 and not only that, but just be memorable. Find some way to impress upon me your identity, and I guarantee you, I'll remember you. <laughs> Listen, that's man, thought. you know, that's a good way, I guess, to look at it. Yeah. To absolve yourself of guilt. Right. <laughs> uh, wow, we covered a lot. Uh, was there something you wanted to? We. Um, you had no, it was nothing. Nothing that was needed to be shared today. Let's save it for next. Got it in time. the coffers. Yeah. Um, okay, why don't you bring us out, dude? That was great. Um, awesome. All right, well, guys, listen. Oops, the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, send us your oops stories or whatever good shit you got to say to us that you think's funny. Uh, and uh, if we like it, we'll read it. Um, oops, the podcast on Instagram. Oops, the podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm Julio Gallerati. And uh, Francis, you got anything you want to plug? No, that's it, man. That was uh, a wonderful episode. All right. So for myself and Francis Ellis, we bid you farewell for now. See you soon and thank you.